Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of Creating Madness. But before we start tonight's episode, we have a quick few words from our co-host, Ethan Carboni, about our former co-host, Ben Hoyt, and what he meant to the show. All right, yeah, before we hop into this, we just want to thank Ben for all everything he did for the show. Without him, Creating Madness probably would have died right there and then, because once Nick stopped doing this, I didn't know the direction. Ben helped put this in the right direction. We're continuing in this direction. And then, John, you have a couple more announcements tonight before we get into this. Uh, made a good friendship with Ben. Nice guy to work with. And it's unfortunate we had to separate ways, but I really enjoyed working with him. And uh, he helped do a great coasting job, and I'm really, really proud that I got to be his friend and meet him. But with all that aside, we're going to get into tonight's great episode. Ethan, Garrett, how are y'all doing? Wonderful. 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 Also, been All right, well, let's get into it. Say it again, Ethan. Garrett is our new full-time co-host. We're excited to have him here. Ah, uh, yes, Garrett, our new full-time co-host. Garrett from Iowa, very big Big Ten Iowa guy. Going to help a lot with analysis from that area. Garrett, you have anything outstanding to say before we get in the show? Now, give me a follow on Twitter from Iowa. Um, I'm always I'm always throwing stuff out on Twitter, so. He's a good follow, along with our Twitter. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, before we get into anything else, we got to thank our sponsors over there at Unwrapped Sports. Gotta love Unwrapped Sports. Uh, $1 join the Patreon, $5 to get into this month's episode and join Discord, $10 to get for this month's prize. We've gone over it way too many times. Listen to some previous episodes uh, if you want to learn more. But also, shouting out our socials. Gotta love our socials as well. Twitter is under or sorry, or not our Twitter. Twitter is at ATR Madness. Instagram is at underscore creating madness. Please go follow us there. Also, DM us on Instagram if you want to join a daily group chat. Ethan, what do we have? Like 10 active members always texting in there, always getting into little fun debates. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a fun space where we talk about college basketball. Highly encourage you to join. Me and Ethan are active on there as well as other people. Now, getting in today's show, we're going to be ranking the best forwards and big men in the country. We're going to start off some fours, but before we get into our top 10 list, we have some honorable mentions. Garrett, you want to get into our first, Kirsten? Oh, we're diving right in here. Yeah, number starting honorable mentions. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed that. Honorable mention. <laughs> Good start. Uh, Kevin May- uh 6'6", 205-pound junior out of Texas. Uh, last year, really solid season. Put out uh, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists a game, averaging 0.8 blocks, so almost a block a game while playing. Was a really big part of that Texas Tech team. And kind of was for, and you'll notice this throughout these guys, I, I look at what happened with their season last year, and they ended with a second-round loss to a team that they maybe should have won because solid game so i just i think he's going to come out hungry he's going to maintain his produ- production and he's just going to be better this year for sure moving into my honorable mention musa Diabiate. all right so let's just start off the 14th national player ranked committed to michigan he can play the three through five although he is 610 215 pounds a bit on the skinnier side he's going to do work he will be a big man, but at the same time, he's going to be a primary ball handler off the bench when the main two guards are sitting. The guy can be a point forward. He can pretty much do everything you need him to on the court. I'm excited to see what he gets done. 
Moving into one of my honor mentions, we have Peyton Watson, who is an incoming player, number 10 nationally and the number two small four in the country going into the UCLA Bruins. To put it simply, he's going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to be on a veteran squad. He's going to have to carve his way out. But I have a funny feeling he's doing a great job. He's a very athletic 6'7 small forward, great shooter, very good team defender. And I was watching him and learning about him. I saw he was a really good team defender in terms of being in the right place at all times, getting really active, being really energetic on that side of the ball. Uh, on offense, great catch-and-shoot shooter, really athletic and get to the grim with ease. Overall, he's going to have a great time at UCLA, and they're going to try and repeat their Final Four visit. Also on honorable mention, we have Justin Suing, a senior at Ohio State at 6'7", 215 pounds. This guy was a present present all year, uh, put up 11 points, six rebounds, two assists a game, 28 minutes. I would almost expect his minutes to go up uh, in probably the toughest conference in the nation with a lot of physical play. He might say around that 28-minute part, but the two assists is the big thing that uh, any big guy that you can get like two to four assists a game out of is a guy that moves the ball very, very well. Yep, and then, Gary, I believe you have one more aisle. Um, okay, Keegan Murray, a 15-pound sophomore out of Iowa. One season down, uh, only played 18 minutes, still averaged seven points, five points, and assist a game, and also 1.3 block. This guy has defense. Um, would have probably shown a lot more, but was playing – Basically behind Luca Garza last year, expect him to have a breakout year. Up his playing time to that thirty, and probably be averaging like ten, eight, and three, if not higher. And also watch those blocks. This guy is just vicious down under on defense. Sounds good. Moving into our top ten list, I'll be kicking it off with our number ten spot, Caleb Houston. Incoming small forward, number six nationally as well, and the number one small forward in his class of 2021. He's going to be coming to Michigan. So we're looking at a guy like Houston. Houston is going to be on a loaded Michigan backcourt, including the likes of complete stud Hunter Dickinson, who we will be talking about a little bit later, previously mentioned Musa Diabate, and returning forward Brandon Johns Jr., just to name of the few of their players in their frontcourt. As a 6'8 forward who moves like a guard, Houston uses his athleticism to create havoc around the rim. Houston is also an elite catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, so his shot or drive threat, along with how athletic he is, is going to be really hard to guard. The one problem I have with this game at the moment is his lack of high-level shot creation for how highly touted he is, but his amazing coach, Juwan Howard, will most definitely put him in a much uh, good position to score off the ball this season. Defensively, we haven't seen him guard much high-level talent in a highly competitive environment outside of AAU, so I'm very curious to see how he does. But I have a funny feeling with how long and athletically gifted he is, he'll do just fine. Lands him on this list is honestly pure talent. Almost any long, athletic 6'8 sniper will find their way into a top 10 list of some sort. As far as I'm concerned, he has the potential to play his way higher onto this list. Oh, sorry. Uh, at our number 9 spot, I'll be going again. We'll be talking about Garrison Brooks, North Carolina transfer to Mississippi State. He averaged a little over 10 points per game last season, a little under seven rebounds, a little over an assist, a little under a block, and a little under a steal. He shot eight and a half shots per game on 47% shooting. He only took eight threes the whole season, but he made four of them, which is a pretty cool stat. 
and he shot three and a half attempts per game with the charity stripe and made 60% of them. Before we even get to what we think about him, a lot of y'all might be saying he's a big man and whatnot. This guy's a forward to us. If you want to have in your big man, that's not a bad thing. We just have him in our forward slash wing section. Um, but even before we get into his senior year performance, if we were talking about his junior year showing, he would be in our top five without hesitation. Being completely honest, though, he had a bad senior year. His points went down by six. His rebounds went down by 1.5. His assists went down by 0.6. And his field goal percentage went down by an astonishing seven points. The reason he's our top 10, you ask, we think this guy will return to his original form this season at his new school in Mississippi State. And the reason why he'll return to his former glory is because outside of Tulu Smith, this front court needs desperate help. In North Carolina, Brooks was sharing time and shots with five-star Walker Kessler, all-ACC 13 performer Amanda Bacot, and freshman standout Daron Sharp. At Mississippi State, his role is seriously being increased like it was his junior year in North Carolina. The reason why Garrison Brooks is on this list is his potential to return to where he was his junior year, plain and simple. If he plays like he did two years ago, or even better, he might be entering our top five coming the end of the year. For sure. Moving right into number eight, we got Zach Fremantle, a former guest of this podcast. This is actually the Big East best pure scorer. Along with improving on his defense each year he's been there, he was just a sophomore. And he had 0.7 steals and 0.9 blocks a game. Very solid defender. Nowhere near the top, but absolutely nowhere close to the bottom. On offense, averaging 16 points a game on a solid 51% with, what, 13 shots a game-ish? Yeah, that's one of the best players in the country right there. Few holes in his game that need to be patched up, such as his temper, arguing with reps. But you know what? That comes along with every player's aging process. Along with his steadily improving game, I see no reason why Xavier's not a top four seed riding the back of him. <clears throat> Moving right into number seven, Jamie Jacquez Jr. averaged 12.3 points a game, 1.7 assists, 6.1 rebounds, 1.2 steals, and 0.7 blocks a game on 48% shooting. This kid is a baller. He's a very interesting talent for one main reason, and that is his shooting ability. The man can shoot the lights out from NBA range, reminding me of a Zach Levine or Clay Thompson type of player with that ability. Along with his slightly above average defense, so yeah, about that Zach Levine type of player, he's able to disrupt passing lanes, get steals, get blocks with so much ease, that I fully expect him to take UCLA to a top seed next year. All right. Moving to our number six spot, Timmy Allen, Utah transfer to the University of Texas. Hook'em. Averaged a little over 17 points per game at Utah last season. Averaged about 6.4 rebounds per game. Averaged a very nice four assists per game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Averaged 1.3 steals per game. And took 13 shots where he shot at a 46% clip, took 1.6 threes per game at a 26.8% clip, not the best, and he took six free throws per game on a 77% clip. Allen is just a phenomenal player, who if he had stayed at Utah would probably have a higher spot on the list, but since he's at Texas with so many other great players, we feel like his role will be slightly mitigated. Regardless of his role, though, he's going to help Texas out a lot. He's shown improvement every year as a player, Proven by how he won freshman over the, he was on the freshman Pac-12 team 
as a sophomore, he was on the Pac-12 second team. And as a junior, he made the first team Pac-12. Allen can't really shoot, but outside of his jumper, he has no weaknesses in his game whatsoever. He's a phenomenal finisher and cutter. He uses his high level of basketball IQ and athleticism to make the right play around the rim almost every single time he gets the ball there. He's also a fantastic passer from the wing, and do not have that understated. He is a fantastic passer. Uh, he finished second on the team in assists last year with Utah, and he's also a great rebounder and overall athlete, which helps him out on defense. He's able to guard the two through five extremely well and is even capable of guarding the one for short amounts of time. To put into perspective how good he is as an all-around player, Allen was the only player in Power 6 last season to average at least 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and over a steal per game. To have a starting spot in this year's Texas frontcourt means you've got game. Allen's got game and some. If he can improve his 3-point shot and his jumper in the offseason, we could be looking at the best swing in all of college basketball. Yep, going into another guy that's an all-around player, Jermaine Samuels. Wow, this Nova kid can play. Starting off, this kid's easily one of the best all-around talents in the country. Putting an effort on both sides of the court, getting around half a steal a game and .3 blocks. But here's the thing. His effort does not show on the stat sheet. He's running around being probably the best off-ball defender on this list while getting open for nice threes as he shoots about, you know, 37% from deep. That's pretty good on about three attempts a game, along with shooting 48% on eight attempts per game from the entire field. Very solid player to go along two and a half assists, half rebounds. Great player, one of the better 3 and D guys in college. He can do good at everything on offense and who can do above average on everything on defense. One of the better overall players, and I'm excited to see how he's going to elevate his game this year at Nova. Okay, and at number four, we have E.J. Liddell, 6'7", 240-pound junior out of Ohio State. Just solid producer on a solid team that was in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, put up 16 points, six rebounds, and two assists while averaging 30 also a big block guy averaging 1.1 blocks a game so just on defense doesn't let people go uh end of last year they had a first round upset against Oral roberts university where little put the team his back putting up 23 points 14 rebounds and five assists not enough this is a guy that wants to win he's going to go out there he's going to get his numbers and he's going to be a performer this year for sure. And moving right into number three. All right, we got the first of two freshmen in a row. This is the number two overall player in the country and the number one overall power forward who's Duke. Pablo Blanchero, or Paolo Blanchero, my bad. Wow, this kid is primed for a breakout year. Staying at 6'9", 235 pounds. Blanchero's great size and athleticism to the point where he uses it to get to the paint very easily along with having probably one of the smoothest jumpers I've ever seen from a big man. The ability to shoot from the three, from mid-range, from anywhere on the court realistically. One of the best I've seen since, I don't know, Zion Williamson. This kid could be very well the next great power forward. I have seen his ability to shoot the three. Obviously, his huddle, all his highlights. Very good. Can shoot off the dribble. Can get to the basket. He can handle the ball well. He's a point forward even. 
Very well capable player who's going to be the X factor on this team. And I'm excited to see where Duke's going to go with him. At our number two spot, we have the better of the two freshman small fours. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I guess on our list he is. Uh, we have the number four overall player nationally and the number two power four in the country, Pat Baldwin Jr. at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Never thought you would hear that one on this top ten list. But, you know, as by far the best recruit in the history of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, this the potential this kid has to dominate college hoops, and in particular the Horizon League, is actually unbelievable. He's going to play against competition where he's the only kid in the whole conference that's a five-star coming out of high school. As a 6'9", long athletic player who is a creative scorer and who has a knack for hitting tough shots, we see him averaging at least 22 a game, if not 25. He will not only be tasked with putting up a large load of the offense this season, but will also be tasked with putting a large load of the defense on the season and will probably be regarding the best player regardless of position. Sorry, on the opposing team, obviously. He will be held to a much higher standard than any other player on the list in terms of production for his team, we have a funny feeling with his dad at coach. He'll be able to fulfill our expectations. What separates this kid from almost everyone else in the country is his amount of talent coming out of high school and the situation he's in. If he can capitalize against weaker competition, lead this team to a tournament berth by winning the Horizon League, and maybe even win a game, he has the potential to etch his name into college basketball history. And topping off our list, we have Buddy Boheim, a 6'6", 190-pound senior for Syracuse. Averaging 18 points, three rebounds while playing 36 minutes a game last year. This guy carried Syracuse all the way to a Sweet 16 appearance against you, where he was surprisingly ineffective. Uh, only shot 23% from the field, only put up 12 points. It was not the one to end the year on, and he's going to be carrying that grudge into this year and carry this team again. Real quickly, to add on to Buddy Mayheim, I have a funny feeling that his, uh, his dad's giving a bit of, uh, you know, son and coach ball, you know, getting all those shots, but hey, we'll see how it goes. Maybe Syracuse can win the, the ACC this year. I have no idea. Hey, but we're going to move in to our honorable mentions for our big men. We classify these players as centers or forwards who play a bigger style of ball. And to start us off, Garrett, with our first honorable mention. I'm going to start off with, David McCormack, 6'10", 265-pound senior for Kansas. Uh, last year, 13 points, 7 rebounds, assist a game while playing 23 minutes. He also averaged a block a game. And anybody on defense that can have that block number any, per game or higher is playing an elite level of defense. Uh, second round loss to USC, only put up five points and four rebounds. Just an off performance, and you know he's going to remember that. Kansas is going this year. I think everybody in the Big 12 not playing for Texas or Oklahoma is going to have a chip on their shoulder this year, and it's going to show. Expect big things out of McCormick. All right, moving into our second honorable mention, we have, i very sorry if I butcher this name, Cutis Wahab, Utah State big man who's transferring to Texas Tech University. Uh, Cutis was the type of guy who's going to be a lot of high effort plays in offense and defense, catching a lot of lobs, being always in the action under the rim on defense, and overall being a high energy guy to help his team on both ends of the court. 
He's going to help Texas Tech with their size problem, as he will probably be starting at the center position. And overall, he's going to have a very big impact on this Texas Tech team, who lost a lot to transferring this year as Chris Beard departed as they added Mark Adams at coach. That's really all I have to say. Yep, I'll move right into Nate Biddle at 25 overall nationally, committed to Oregon. What to say about this 6'11", 200-pound kid? First off, a bit skinny, but this kid, solid game. He can shoot the ball from three, which is always good to have in a big man, especially with, you know, that size and length. He has a bit of a lack of strength. He's going to struggle to rebound, but just because he's going to be able to put up 20 points a night against some of the weaker Pac-12s or even some of the stronger Pac-12 teams, Biddle, he's going to have a nice freshman year, potentially on his way to a first-round pick. Uh, and also on honorable mention, we have Dawson, a 6'11", 230-pound sophomore from Marquette. During a disappointing season for Marquette where they went 13-14, and 14, he 13 points, 7 rebounds, and an assist a game while recording 30 minutes on the floor. He is a key part of this offense, is going to be a push to flip that record around and make the dance this year. Expect him a big load and expect him to carry it. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a huge impact, especially after that transfer. And then moving into Jabari Smith. Wow. Fourth overall nationally committed to Auburn. What happened to Auburn being a football school? I kind of missed that. <laughs> All right. At 6'10", 210, this kid, pretty big for a power forward. I'm excited. 247 composite as a .9988. That's huge for Auburn. One of their best recruits of all time. And in a, this frame, very good athlete. He has probably the best shooting of any big man on this list. Even better than Biddle. Even better than Holgram. Even better than every single freshman or senior or no, regardless of year. Scores well off his post up. He can be a lockdown defender when he needs to. One of the better players in the game, and he hasn't even played a single minute on the court. And before we move into our top 10, I would argue that anybody on our honorable mentions for our big men, I would say Jabari Smith has the most potential to move up in the rankings. As Ethan demonstrated, he has a lot of potential coming in this year, especially on an Auburn team where it's just going to be him and Walker Kessler running the show. And speaking of our top 10, we'll be moving into our number 10 spot where we have Christian Bishop. Creighton transfer to, you guessed it, the University of Texas, Hook'em, where at Creighton last year, he averaged 11 points per game, a little over six boards, a little over an assist, a block, uh, and shot 68% from the field on six and a half shots per game. He took like four threes, so it's not even worth mentioning that. And he took 3.4 attempts from the free throws line and only made 56% of them. And before all the Creighton stands lose their cool, uh, we intentionally put Christian Bishop in the big man section. He's only 6'7", and he's not incredibly burly, but he plays like a pure big man. He caught lobs from Marcus Zagorowski all of last year. He doesn't shoot out of t- outside of 10 feet, let alone threes. And he's a phenomenal rim protector when he's under the basket. Could you consider him a wing? Yes, but we didn't choose to do so. For Bishop's future, though, you'll have to consider us here saying this over and over again, that this Texas front court is loaded. And creating a role in this front court this year is going to be a challenge. I think that Bishop is up to the challenge, though. He's 
most importantly, makes his mark on the defensive end. This guy is a 6'7", long, athletic, and versatile defender who showed in the Big East. He is truly capable of guarding 1-5. through five. On offense, though, to put it nicely, he's um, unpolished. He doesn't really have a jumper to save his life, but his cutting and finishing were phenomenal last season, and he's especially great to have on the floor when there are four other shooters around him. Overall, what makes him on this list? Defense and knowing his game. This guy is going to lock up everyone in the Big 12, and he's going to be a very efficient offensive player. Nothing more, nothing less. Moving into our ninth spot, though, we have Kevin O'Banor or Kevin O'Banner. Don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced it. But this guy averaged a little under 19 points per game on almost 10 rebounds per game, despite the fact that he is 6'8". Six, six, he averaged just over an assist per game, 0.7 blocks. He took 12.5 shots per game and shot 50% from the field. Took 4.4 threes per game and shot a scorching 46%. And he shot four and a half times from the charity stripe and made 88%. This guy's a shooter, as I've stated, or not as I've stated, but as you can see through the stats, this guy knocks down shots all game. We saw specifically in March Madness, which is when the majority of us watched him most, he was in the pick and roll with Max Asmus, was hitting catch and shoot threes all day long. I have a funny feeling he's going to be doing the same thing at his new school, which is Texas Tech. Um, Mark Adams, his, you know, the new assistant coach, has been known to incorporate his big man very well into his offense. So him and Cutis Wahab are going to have a great time as a one-two punch in their front court. And Cutis Wahab is going to be getting – sorry. Kevin O'Banner is going to be a lot of catch-and-shoot looks this year. On defense, he's very undersized and, frankly, not that mobile. So he's honestly a bit of a liability on that end, as he didn't even average a block per game last season in the Summit League. But overall, his marks can be made on offense, kind of the opposite of Christian Bishop, honestly. And I'm actually very excited to see them play with their opposing play styles. But I know that for a fact that Kevin O'Banner is going to continue some of the mat- some of the magic that he demonstrated at Oral Roberts last season. Awesome. And moving on to number eight, we have Isaiah. M- and 235-pound junior for USC. 10 points, two assists, playing 28 minutes last year, and that all-important defensive measure, one block per game. Uh, and this guy has the ability to show up in the big games. Uh, playing Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, put up 19 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. He rises to the moment, outplaying his average in the big games, and Looking forward to seeing him play out in that Pac-12 with the USC and just stuff up. All right. Moving into our number seven spot, we have, again, a Longhorn. Transfer from UMass, 6'9 center Trey Mitchell is going to be a junior next season. He averaged a little under 19 points, over seven boards per game, over two assists per game, 1.5 blocks per game, and took 12 shots from the field a night. On 52% shooting, took three threes a night, made 38% of them, and took a little over six attempts from the charity stripe, made 77% of them. Just like Kevin O'Banner, we're dealing with another highly talented yet undersized big man, Trey Mitchell. Mitchell was a flat-out phenomenal player for the U.S. Minutemen last year, where he led the team in points, blocks, and rebounds per game. Although UMass struggled in a very solid A-10 conference, Mitchell played his way into a first-team All-A-10 spot. After deciding to come to Texas for his junior year, he'll be joining a juiced backcourt the likes of Crady Mattis' top 10 wing, Timmy Allen, 
previously mentioned Creighton transfer and standout player Christian Bishop and Vanderbilt transfer Dylan DeSue. Mitchell is a multi-talented player to say the least. He's good on the low block, can hit catch and shoot threes at a high percentage. He's a mobile and solid defender in the paint and overall is a great talent. BK managed to carve out a big enough role for himself in this outstanding Texas front court. He will truly show how good of a player he is. All right, side note before I go into number six. All three of us decided on this list. It is not John going Texas crazy. I was the one that suggested a couple of these Texas players to be this high. No Texas bias here. I mean, maybe a little bit for me, but we wanted to reiterate yeah. that we're not trying to favor our favorite players on here. We're doing honest rankings, but thank you for that. Yeah. Exactly, and that's why this guy's at number six. Trace Jackson Davis, wow, what to say about him. The leader of Indiana. Without him, they would have been, I don't know, bottom two, bottom three in the Big Ten. Without Maybe even all of the par six. Yeah. With him on the court, Indiana was a much better team. That's because this team fed off his energy. TJD, and this is the lifeline of this future squad. He's going to put up big numbers every year that he plays. For instance, last year, 19 points a game, not nearly one and a half blocks on 51.7% shooting on 13 attempts. He's making like six or seven shots a game every other game. That's crazy. He's making that many on that many shots. He's having a great year for himself, and he will continue to put up those numbers on an Indiana squad that's going to need him to. Awesome. And at number five, we have yeah. Williams. 6'10", 260 senior for Purdue, uh, playing in a very physical Big Ten conference, 18 points and nine rebounds a game with two assists while playing 25 minutes. Uh, this guy can ball. He's a presence in the block. He every game. Uh, first round loss to the University of North Texas. 14 points and 13 rebounds. He was just a force the entire game and did everything he could to drag his team across the finish line. He is going to be a huge part of their push to try to win the Big Ten. And then moving right on to number Drew. I want to say Timmy, and I'm sure I'm like sure that's wrong. It's but Timmy. It's Timmy. It is Timmy. Okay. I just it looks like it should be said fancy. All right, Drew Timmy, 6'10", 235-pound junior from Gonzaga. This was the one big disagreement we had pointed on this list. I thought he should be higher than the other member of Gonzaga team shortly. He put up 19 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists while playing 28 minutes. Also an outside threat from 3, a shot for 6 for 21 on the year. Not a lot of attempts, but almost 30% just under, and it's enough that you have to respect him. And he was 55% from the field. That is an out. Helped take Gonzaga all the way to the national championship where they lost to Baylor. This Gonzaga team is coming out for blood this year. They, for a t- title or bust, which I realize Gonzaga is that way a lot of years, but I think this actually getting all the way there and coming up just short. They're going to be pushing. Drew's going to be. For sure. Before I get into the top three, breaking news. Four-star Maxwell Lewis has committed to Pepperdine University. Say what? 
Yes, you just heard that correctly. We can go finish this top ten, though. Hunter Dickinson at number three. He's a pure top talent in this country for many reasons, including having a very nice shot range. Able to shoot from three if he needs to, but mostly focusing on that mid-range. That mid-range is amazing. His paint skill is amazing. And he reads the defenses. Almost every single play near perfectly. He's able to tell whether he needs to kick it out to three to one of his open guards or if he can go up and get it over a potentially smaller or big man. One of the smartest players in the game. If he uses his brain like he has been, only thing holding him back is, well, he's not going to be able to get a lot of stats. And that's not too bad. Michigan still have a top five team next year. On paper, at least. Hunter Dickinson's a huge part of that. 7-1. He has all the bodily physique that NBA scouts are looking at him. If he can just develop more shooting and get a higher percentage of looks to go in, I see no reason why Hunter Dickinson isn't the lottery pick next year. Moving into our number two player on the list, the number one overall player, number one nationally, and obviously the number one center in the 2021 class, Chet Holmgren. And to put his play in the words of Skip Bayless, this will be the best white American player since Larry Bird. And for the first time in my life, I partially agree with Skip Bayless. Um, I don't know about Larry Bird, but Chet Holmgren is going to be a great NBA and college player. Uh, This is a 7-1 long athletic, high uh, mobility, shot creating, and shot blocking, overall dominant big man who's going to take college hoops by storm of a run-on sentence, but needed to be emphasized. He uses his unique frame to create shots off the dribble that a lot of people just simply can't take, along with also being a knockdown catch-and-two player. He even shows some really talented playmaking features on the U19 Team USA Tour, where he was surrounded by a lot of high-level talent and was making plays for his teammates when the defense focused too much on him. Sounds like really similar will be happening this year. On defense, this dude's a phenom. He is mobile and super long, so he will be getting blocks for days, along with impacting every shot around the rim. He is also able to temporarily stay with guards, so if he's ever forced to switch on a screen, he can hold his own. The only reason why he's not number one is because Ethan would get butthurt if Kofi wasn't one. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But, you know, in all seriousness, he has for sure the potential to play his way in the number one spot, not only for all big men, but for players in college basketball. The only yeah. I, I try the only reason I don't like him this high is he is a hundred and ninety pounds on a seven foot one going to have to bulk up if he's not gonna get playing the post in college basketball. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Yeah. Also, I will add I have asked five other people, they all agree with me, including Garrett here. If Garrett said Hunter her Dickinson was better, or Garrett said Chet Holgren was better, Kofi would be lower. Garrett agrees with me. We had majority on this. That's why Kofi is our number one. Easily the most dominant physical force in college basketball. At seven foot, weighing 285 pounds, this freaking nature moves multiple defenders out of the way at once in the paint for contact dunks and lay-ins. Though limited on offense, what he specializes in yeah. On defense, he holds down the fort, getting easy rebounds, contesting all shots within 10 feet of the basket, and getting a few blocks. 
overall, while he might not be the best all-around big man with shooting, passing, what he does, he's the best at. He's going to be able to put up numbers, and he's going to be able to lead Illinois to a potential top 10 spot. And due to that, I feel he's going to be the number one center big man in the entire college basketball world next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but if you guys want to hear me and Ethan debate truly who's better between Kofi Coburn, Chet Holmgren, and even Hunter Dickinson, just DM us on Twitter or Instagram. We can set up a live stream. We can have a debate right there and then. I'm sure Ethan would love to be a part of that. But that's going to be the end of our show. If you liked our show, you can get even more daily from our Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at ATR Madness. Make sure to follow us on IG at underscore creating madness. And that'll be it. We'll have a new episode out next week. Unfortunately, I will be on vacation, so it'll be just Ethan and Garrett. Maybe they bring on another person from Wrapped. I have no idea, but it should be a banger episode. I'm sure of it, and we will see you all next week. Peace out.